0: Hey, it's Lee Schneider. We're at the Future Festival with keynote speaker and futurist, Addie Floyd. She speaks about trends, specifically the future of shopping and retail, and she's a senior research manager at Trend Hunter. I'm interviewing her just after she delivered her keynote speech at Trend Hunter's Future Festival. So, Addie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here.
0: you just given a keynote at the Future Festival Los Angeles, put on by Trend Hunter, and you spoke about the future of retail and shopping. So why is that your topic? What made you choose it and own it? At
1: Trend Hunter, we have about uh, five different futurists and we all present on uh, very different topics. And the way that the topics are actually derived for our future festival conferences is actually through the research that we provide our clients on an ongoing basis. So over the last year, we've been taking a hard look at what the top topics are being requested to actually curate research reports on or have in-office workshops and keynote sessions on and basically you've just seen me present on retail and omni channel but we also dive into areas like marketing generational trends lifestyle and work culture so there's a variety of things going on and the reason that i am actually presenting on the retail section is just simply because it was given to me it was kind of put into my lap and it was kind of mine to take and see through a different creative lens and kind of make it my own
0: you say the retail apocalypse we've heard so much about in recent years is not very likely to become a reality anytime soon so why do you think that
1: yeah so as i mentioned in my keynote as well um whether your brand is digitally native or it began as physical real estate really the future success is kind of combining those two entities and i think that a lot of fear really does come out of the brick and mortar Apparently, downfall or apparent downfall, and what we're seeing is a lot of store closures. But that can easily be taken as, you know, something that's scary, something that's scary that's happening to the retail space, and it doesn't look like the future is so bright. But in actual fact, what we're seeing with retailers today is those who are working the brick and mortar space specifically, they're actually taking more of a curated approach to that. So, for example, what I mean by that, um, stores like H and M they are shutting down um, numerous, almost hundreds of locations across the United States, but they're actually building more stores in European countries, because that's just where a higher percentage of their consumer demographic lives. So it's not really about them failing, it's more about them catering better to their direct consumers. And of course, they have a heavy presence online, so I think that what Omnichannel is doing is essentially saving retail from that apocalypse, which I don't believe is a word that we can even use anymore. It's so dated. I think that that kind of went out of style at at least a year ago.
0: Let's break out a little bit omni-channel. I've heard you use that term a couple of times. What does that mean? Is it about combining online and offline worlds and what's that all about?
1: Yeah, so omni-channel really is about creating that seamlessly interchangeable experience for consumers. So, It also kind of comes down to when you're shopping in-store, you want to have that same technology. If you're shopping from an app, you want to be able to actually leverage that app even when you're inside the stores. You want your phone to know that you're there. You want the store to be able to recognize you. When you're shopping at home, you want the store that you just made a purchase from to maybe be sending you an email update or sending you some kind of text or something along those lines. We really want to create that seamless we don't want to have to you know, shift from one device or you know, log into an app and then go into a store or different factors like that are really becoming almost an annoyance to the consumer. Consumers want simplicity. They want the ease of shopping. Sometimes people really enjoy shopping and sometimes they really don't enjoy shopping. And it really, what it comes down to, the bottom line, is that consumers just want it to be an easy experience no matter what they're doing. And Omnichannel is just something that, you know, again, is just coming to fruition wholeheartedly when it comes to that really interchanging between devices. And even if you're physically in the store, you still are on your phone. It's just inevitable. So you want that to be part of the experience.
0: Since this is a podcast about creativity, I want to stay on message. Let's talk about the creative process. How do you know that an idea is worthy of a keynote?
1: So the huge benefit, of course, that I have is actually working directly with a trend spotting platform. So the very first thing that I do when I start my research for my keynote is go to trendhunter.com. Of course, we can see what's trending, what are the top insights, what are the top products and services, how are consumers really feeling. And because we are a source platform, we can actually tell which ones are rising to the top, which trends consumers are actually paying attention to, which ones really resonate with them. And by just having that information directly in front of me, it makes my very first step very, very easy. And when it comes to actually the creation of the content, you want the keynotes to be future-facing, but you also want it to be actionable in the moment for your audience. So it's really difficult to balance that and not get too carried away with showcasing you know, what the world could look like in the next 50 years because you want the brands in the room to be able to actually go back to their offices and start implementing some of the ideas. So it's definitely a balancing act, but of course, because you have that power of the crowd behind everything that you're doing, you can essentially help today's consumers as well as tomorrow's, because we are a global platform, we cater to all ages, and that really definitely helps to basically break out what you know, the younger generations are feeling compared to the older generations as well.
0: What's interesting about that is you're predicting and you want to be right. You don't necessarily <laughs> want things to not come out the way you're saying. And yet it has to be future proofed as well. Yeah. So that's a lot of strings to pull, right?
1: Yeah, it definitely is a lot of pressure. And you know, we're never going to tell you that what we're saying in our keynotes is definitely going to happen down the line. We're not gurus, we are not fortune tellers, but we do have the ability to actually track all different trends on an ongoing basis and we can actually see how these trends are performing over time as well.
0: How do you build out an idea? Do you brainstorm it, try it out on colleagues, pull it from the platform itself? Is it a group process, a solo process? So how do you build out these ideas?
1: Yeah, so all of our keynotes are individually created by the futurist who is taking on that specific topic. So having creative freedom is definitely something that I cherish about this entire experience. And of course, you know, my team is amazing and they're a great sounding board for running ideas by and we do work closely together throughout the entire process. But my personal process begins very isolated. So I want to be able to build out a framework, look at different ideas, run different ideas by myself, you know, get into my own head about it, kind of have that tunnel vision of what I want to be working on directly. Um, And then being able to harness this idea of being willing to destroy your own ideas before you even go on to showing your colleagues that so of course there definitely needs to be a space where you're working directly on that project on your keynote making your framework making your thesis getting your content then you need to take a step back and come back to it at a later date and see if you still feel the same way about it essentially and if not you have to be okay with starting from scratch and if that idea doesn't work that doesn't mean there aren't a million other ideas that could potentially slot into that. But of course, once that framework is done and it's your baby and you love it very much and dearly, then you actually do present that to the entire Futurist team. and You kind of start workshopping more finite details. So, you know, adding in different ideas so different trends that might slot in things that they might know about my topic that I'm not necessarily super well versed in or things I may have overlooked. From there, we actually bring it to our entire team. So the entire trend hunter team would actually be able to watch all of our keynotes before they are ever on the uh, future festival stage to run it by them and see if they have any ideas or tips or tricks or insights that maybe were overlooked. After all those steps have been completed, and from there we just go back and I myself would kind of go back and make sure that I'm happy with all the tweaks that have been made, and then it's. If- essentially a polished product at that point and it's really ready for our world summit stage
0: so it's really a collaborative process Mm -hmm. i mean it starts individually but as so many of these projects do yes it starts individually but then it's a collaborative thing
1: yeah definitely
0: if you had one piece of advice to give anybody thinking about giving a keynote or about to step on the stage to give one what would you say to that person
1: so i myself actually grew up as a theater kid so i loved being able to play different characters but when you present a keynote that's something that you create and you are truly able to find your own voice on that stage so you are your own person your personal brand really has an opportunity to shine through there and you can present that topic from your own point of view through a really creative lens so that is something that's huge for me so my advice of course would be to find your own voice be yourself definitely have fun on stage because it is a blast and essentially always keep exploring if you're ever presented with a new opportunity always take it
0: well thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today
1: thank you for having me it was a pleasure